This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here. OTTR headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever it is you get your podcast from with our with our latest last week of wrestling, after darts, under bosses hard taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show wrestling every coming soon so if you like what you've seen you love professional wrestling you love independent wrestling you love everything about wrestling just yourself give us a tune you know you will not regret it blackheart out Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. My name is Mike Freeland. I am so excited to be here with you guys tonight. We've got a great episode lined up for you. I want to let everybody know Front Row Material is brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. You can catch all of our podcasts each and every week anywhere you find podcasts available. You can go ahead and follow us on Twitter as well at FRM Podcast. You can follow me. I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. I am uh, flying solo today. Uh, the Ritster is not able to join me right now, but you know what? The hits keep on running. We're going to have a great interview with a tag team tonight, SAT, the Spanish announced team. So many things to get in with these guys. So you know what? Without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring them in right now. What's up, brother? How are you? I am good. Gentlemen, how are you guys this evening? We're good, man. And what's going on? How are you, brother? Hey, what's oh, up? What's up? I hey, tell Mike, you what, thank you for having us. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. Um, so many things I want to talk about with you guys, uh, but once again, just to kind of let our audience know, the Spanish announced team has been around for quite a while. Great, great tag team. You probably have seen them in the NWA, TNA, Ring of Honor. Um, they've done so many different things in the world of pro wrestling. 
They're now joining us to talk about not only their career, um, but the personal side of themselves as well. So, gentlemen, uh, usually before we get into anything too deep, what uh, what's going on with you guys just on a personal level? How's life been treating you? Everything's good so far, man. Everything's coming to place. Uh, we're starting to get into the flow of things. Uh, we're, I mean, everything's going according to plan. You know, you plan things out, and most of the time, it really doesn't pan out. But uh, <laughs> as far as wrestling, you know, wrestling's crazy up and down. So, but you know, everything's panning out so far, so good. Life is great. Family's great. Kids yeah, are good. Most importantly, you know, especially coming out of the whole pandemic situation. I mean, it's uh, yeah. it it had its effect. You know, not only on the the world of pro wrestling, but it had a big psychological effect on people as well, too. And I think that that may even been even more detrimental than anything. Um, and, and people need consistency. And when wrestling goes away, I mean, that's a big, big thing that that people miss. So. People are definitely happy that, you know, shows are going on again. People can get out there and interact with the talent. So it's pretty yeah, it's, exciting to uh, to know it's back. Yeah, and wrestling. Wrestling has changed big time since, you know, we've been around. It's more it's more embraced now, you know. Like, guys like us. Like, hey, what up, Will? What's up, guys? <laughs> that, Sorry, that's the younger mate. brother. That's the younger nice. brother, Mike. What's going on? So, so we we dig it we dig in Mike. I- so let, let's kind of start with the genesis of, of of how the whole wrestling thing came to be. It's it's interesting to find out, you know, what got people into wrestling, what motivated them to want to get into wrestling. So whoever wants to start, just kind of jump in there and say, you know, this is what kind of drove me to want to get into wrestling itself. Go ahead, Jose. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> When period overall or just yeah, yeah overall overall what was how the, we get into wrestling? Woo, we fell in love with wrestling when we were kids, like everyone else. Um, professional wrestling was like uh, superheroes, super real life superheroes. I mean, that's the closest thing to to superheroes to me. I mean, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, <clears throat> you know, uh, Andre the Giant, bigger than life. You know what I mean? You had the Heart Foundation, but we were really intrigued even at a young age to to tag teams, to the rock and uh, to the rockers, to uh, Steiners. The Steiners were crazy to us. It was, you know, we, Legion, of Hello, Legion of Doom, Demolition, yeah. uh, <laughs> so on and so forth. So we, used to, we used to love the tag wrestling because, I don't know, because we were brothers. I guess it, it connected with us more because it's always like, oh, man, we can probably tag. We can probably do this and do that. So it was easier to connect to tag teams from the beginning uh, than to singles guys. I mean, we all had our individual singles guys that, you know, it was funny because um, whoever I liked, they weren't allowed to like. <laughs> so, ah, I, yeah. so yeah. if my guy was Razor Ramon, which he was, rest in peace, you know, Joel yeah. Wilson couldn't pick Razor Ramon. That's my guy. No. Yeah. Yeah. I had, we all had dibs on Joel. Guys. Joel is Shawn Michaels. Joel Maxwell Shawn Michaels. Triple Michael. <laughs> H. I was assigned, but you younger brother, I was assigned to Mankind. I, I love Mankind. <laughs> but I didn't get I didn't get to pick. They, they took all the top dogs and then but Mankind was Mankind in this in the boiler room. Yes. <laughs> Ripping his hair out—that was my guy. So it's, <laughs> it sounds like in the family here, it was like a wrestling draft. Once someone's taken, they're off the board. That's you it. You, can, you need you to pick somebody one. else. You cannot yeah, like them. wrestling league, right? Yeah, it's real. It's a real thing. We created it. We didn't even realize. So it's like now you can't like them. Or even in video games. So we had all the video games, and then leading up to like the Japanese video games, we'll have like uh. uh 
you know, Fire Pro Wrestling and all these video games, they used to come out and had every character. So you weren't allowed to pick certain characters or use certain guys because that's my guy. You, you can't use Shawn Michael. You can't use Kobashi. That's my guy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it was off limits all the way around the board. It sucked because if Joel had, uh, you know, for example, Joel was a, a big mark of Chono. So Joel used to love Masahiro Chono. So he that was his guy in Japan. So we were like, I used to like Chono too, but I couldn't like him. Or pick them in the game because that's Joel's guy. So I had to pick somebody else. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and we took it serious. So that's, like, that's how we grew up liking wrestling. I was going to say, I feel like an ass whipping is going to come your way if you try to claim dibs on somebody who's already in someone else's stable. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was bad. <laughs> so yeah, we, we loved it. So you guys decide, you know, we love wrestling, and, and that seems to be something that normally really starts from early on. And then and, and people yeah. just they either grow out of it. You know, you often hear people say, well, I got out of it, whatever. I started chasing girls, this and that. And then I came back to it later on in life. And some people just say, no, it was a, it was a staple in my life, it, much it, like it, breakfast, it was, lunch, and dinner. It was like that with us. And what, what's yeah. crazy is that. We were destined to do this, you know why? Because um, when we moved from Puerto Rico to the United States, we ended up living in Brooklyn. And upstairs on the third floor, the super of the building, his son, his name is Chris Devine, in wrestling. He's oh, wow. the one that got us. Yeah, he's the one. He was more, a bigger fanatic than us because he had all the video games. He he used to take us to he used to take us to ECW shows when we were like teenagers, and um. He opened our minds up to like this could be real, you know, this could be you. So, you know, us with our ideas, we started wrestling in the basement, of course, with with, with my mom's mat, old mattress. <laughs> we have the you know the little boombox with the music, the whole thing. We did the whole thing. And, yeah, it's, um, it's a real deal. It, it, it started from there. We went to uh, we, we were at the mall and they were giving out flyers for a company named HWA, which was run by Paul Loria and Mikey Whipperack. And um, Chris Devine, his name is Eddie. Well, Eddie before that, we were we were already training at the at the abandoned church in Brooklyn. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, re rewind that, rewind to that, <laughs> rewind to that. So we ended up training in some Arena abandoned church in Brooklyn. Yeah, and it was called Arena Puerto Rico, and that's where we we met Hamasai, uh, Low Key. Um, low life Louie, a whole bunch of the doghouse guys used Quiet to go storm. there to use the ring. John, that became Quiet Storm, yeah. And then after that, fast forward to when Eddie got the flyers from HWA, we went out to the HWA show and uh, we saw who, who was there. It was an ECW superstar, with, and we were wow, like holy, besides Mikey, it was when ECW was still going. I think, I think it, was it was the FBI, Danny Gorman, yeah, I think so too. Anyways, those are all the ECW guys, right? And um, we fell in love with the company with HWA. So we were training here and there in an abandoned church, but we never actually got training. So we begged Mikey Woodbrack to train us. <laughs> and um, he didn't take us serious. So he told us that they were going to be at an at a ECW show in Danbury, Connecticut. Remember that, Kel? And then he said, meet me there, and we'll talk about it then. We waited till, like the show was over. They were doing ring crew. He comes out like at 1.30 in the morning. We follow him to his car. He's like, are you guys following me? Who the hell are you? And we were like, shit, man. And he was like, we, we reminded him who, who we were. And he was like, uh, you know what? Uh, meet me Thursday at the HWA building. And he just left. 
So we didn't know what was happening. So we ended up going to the HWA building that Thursday. And um, Mikey showed up and we had a talk. And then he told us that the amount of money that it would take for us to get into the house of hardcore. The house of hardcore was still open by then. And um, my, my my boy, um, Chris Devine, was like, I gotcha. You know, I want, I want you guys to do that. He did his thing and he, he paid for me, Jose, Amazing Red, Quiet Storm himself um, for the school. And, wow. Um, yeah, he did that for us. And we, we went in there. There was like 12 guys in there. The, the only five, was well, it was about six guys left from 12 guys that didn't drop out. It was uh, Jose, me, Chris Devine, Quiet Storm, Brian Excel, and Amazing Red. We were, and Shane and, and Shane. Wayne. Yeah, we were the last guys from the House of Hardcore, the only guys that didn't give up. And, and it, it went from there. We used to sneak into school and, and try moves that we used to see in the video games or in Japan wrestling. And um, we started making up moves. Like, we made up Spanish Fly, Canadian Destroyers, you name it. We started making things up. That's, that's where everything happened over there. I, I, I had a feeling that there was a group of people around Amazing Red and where the Canadian Destroyer actually was born. Um, yeah. That is such an incredible oh, move. I, we got I the mean, story. We got the story. <laughs> give, give it to us because everyone thinks God rest him, and, and not God rest him, but God bless him, uh, P.D. Williams, uh, I think when he first started, when he did it as well, I think people were like, whoa, what's going on here? But you know what? Not necessarily the case. We love you, Pete. He knows. But he knows what exactly, what he exactly, knows. tell me the story. Tell me how so, this crazy, so awesome my, my My brother did it by mistake on Chris Devine. It was completely by mistake in a match. It was a botch. You know, usually we're doing 100 moves a match. We usually botch like 90 of them. <laughs> <laughs> so so going with that you know um my brother kind of did that so on uh, fast forward we got a tryout from t from tna they called us down and they, they didn't know who the hell we were so we, they didn't want to fly us down so we took a bus from new york city to tennessee we, we ended up stopping in georgia where we met up with the briscoes and some guys from um what um nwa what was it called wild, wild side wild, wild side sorry NWA Wild Side, right? And um, there was a pool in the ground. And um, Jose was telling Red to do it on Quiet Storm into the pool. And then that's where, that's where it, it came alive. Quiet Storm was like, I want to use it. And we're like, use it. He called he used it, it in a pay per view. Destroyer. Yeah. He used it in a TNA. Yeah, he used and it in TNA. Does. Yeah, that's it's what video. People, that's what I don't, understand. I don't understand how people get confused if that, you in TNA <laughs> and then Petey Williams with the Canadians came just a little while later, which technically was Quiet Storm's Canadian destroyer because Quiet Storm and Chris Devine were coming out and from Canada. They were from Calvary or Bread or Canada, the Canadians. Like he made it up. Like we made it up. Like even Code Red. I don't understand. So, just just call it Code Red. At least Spanish fly. They use it and they call it Spanish fly. Right. Single Spanish fly, double I mean, Spanish like, fly. It's this not a single Spanish fly, double Spanish. It's just Spanish fly. It's a double team move called Spanish fly. Like I, I gave an example to this uh to these kids last week. We were at big time pro wrestling, right? Was it big time? Yeah. And we did Spanish fly. He was like, Oh, you guys did the double Spanish fly. I like the way you did it. So I laugh. I was like, All right, yeah. He was like, What was wrong? I was like, Well, it's just Spanish fly. He was but it's two guys. I'm like, All right. <laughs> We made it up. <laughs> we made it up. So we call it what we want. And he was like, yeah. oh, I, know, I know you guys made it up, but isn't it like a double Spanish fly since it's two of you guys? I was like, okay, so now you really don't know, right? It's okay. I get it. Not everyone's going to know who you are. I'm like, all right. Do, does Devon Dudley and Bubba Ray call it a single 3D? Or oh, it's just 3D. 
He was like, oh, if two guys did it, it's just 3D. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. It's just 3D, right? Spanish fly is the same way. It's just Spanish fly. I don't care if one guy, two guys, three guys. Spanish fly. He was like, oh, I get it. It's just the name. Keep the name. Don't ruin it. Don't buy it. <laughs> At least we kept that for long. So we 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 did we did an indie show going back to the Canadian Destroyer. And it was Cyberspace Pro Wrestling. It was in New Jersey, somewhere in New Jersey. And Petey William was there. He was there. Quiet Stone was there. And we were there. And Petey William and Quiet Stone, they kept looking at each other. He was at the bleachers. And then he, he went and he told somebody, um, Yo, is Quiet Stone mad at me? Is he mad that I'm doing the move? And then he went and he offered Quiet Stone. How much was it? I don't remember. It was like $25, $50 for the move. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he quite stone, he wasn't making any money and then he said he took it. So he uh, he actually sold it to PD <laughs> for fifty dollars. <laughs> Man, if I if I would have known we could sell moves, we would have made a fortune of the Spanish fly, bro. I would have been like twenty-five dollars a pop. Everybody do it. Come on. <laughs> so it's, it's twenty-five a night to do it, right? So they're leasing the move, right? They're yeah, leasing, leasing it. The move. They're leasing it, yeah. <laughs> This no, is but, a binding contract. I think <laughs> I think Mike is gonna make some contracts for SAT on behalf of SAT. Here you guys go. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be crazy. That really happened. That's the real. That's the real <laughs> untrue about that move. And you know the the Tower of Doom. Yes, we made it up at, at the Ring of Honor show. Beach that Breaker. Was, that was all made, created by me. Yeah. Beach Breaker. You made I, it up. I, I made it up. That's yeah, real. I, you the pop up to the knees. You made it up. I made it up. I did it. I got videos from 2002, I, 2003, I, I, we Japan, 2000, up. even 2008. They weren't even when, doing when it. When Teddy Hart started asking you that, he wanted to do it. He wanted to do it. I said, do it. Just, you know, call yeah. it SAT bomb or whatever you want to say. Just put my name in there. That's all. Put a stamp. Yeah. So that, that's. I mean, like, that, 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 we're on It's gimmick infringement. Come on. It is. It is. It's terrible. <laughs> Nobody likes to mention that, though, man. It's all but not only the moves, Mike, if you look at the style, the spotty style that my brothers, before I even joined the SAT, I was too young. You know, these, these stories they're telling you, I was probably like 12 years old. Most of these stories telling you. But the style, the spotty style that when they called the SAT spot monkeys. Oh, yeah. Spot. All they do is spot, spot, spot. That's pretty much the style of like today. That's what everybody's enjoying now. And it's cool. I love it. I love that the style is like that, and it's more competitive for us now. You know, more spots for us to do. Well, you work up the pay. I'll work up the paperwork, and I'll send some stuff to the young bucks. I'll send some <laughs> stuff to a lot of people. Yeah, and, you, know what's, you know what's funny about the bucks? I though? love the young bucks. The bucks always did their own thing. I, I don't yeah, think I, I, say, like I, I don't think I could sit here yeah. and be like, "Oh, the bucks really they, took I don't anything care. from me." They try yeah. to do their own shit all the time. I can yeah. respect. I love that. I can respect that. I can appreciate that. Like, all right, they're creative in their own right. That's that's what it is. It, it is just, what it you know, is. It is what it is. They just can't see us in the way. You're calling out the bucks, right? Bro, I'm not calling nobody. Out. I'm not calling nobody out. Uh, you know, you know from 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 no. from I mean, like really, right? So they, they didn't steal anything from us. Yeah, but they I stole mean, it from them. They stole the NWO shit. What do they yo. call them now? The the, the Bullet Club? Yeah. Really? <laughs> really? No. Come on. You know? I, this is a real shoot, my friends. No, yeah, we, 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 hum we humble. We humble like a cherry pie. It's so interesting <laughs> to, to know the genesis of, of people in their wrestling careers. And, you know, you talked about coming from Puerto Rico to Brooklyn and then 
you know, meeting Mikey and in, in training and whatnot. Let me ask you this question. So just to kind of take a couple of steps backwards in Puerto Rico, um, Carlos Colon, Josefa, they, they did a lot of things. Wrestling in Puerto Rico is a big deal. And it's been a big deal for, for many, many years. Did you guys ever feel like that there was an opportunity to, to work long-term or did you often say to yourself, you know what, if we're going to continue to do this, it's going to be in the United States? Yeah, it's crazy because um, when when we first went to Puerto Rico, it was through Ralph Einstein and Doug Dentry. It was yes. through Ring of Honor. And um, we went to IWA Puerto Rico when mm-hmm. IWA was like almost dying out. And uh, that's where we made connections with Taka Michinoku. And we talked about that. It was like, we, it was me, Jose, and Red. Again, Will was too young. Um, and we, to- we talked about Mr. it. Mr. Vine. Yeah. And yeah, Brian Excel. Storm and Brian yeah. Excel. We were all the, out there. Yeah, we were out there for, for a bit. We were, yeah. we were out there for a minute. And um, we thought about it, and it, it, it really wasn't for us, even though it's our island. We, we actually grew up there. It's, it's beautiful. We love it. But... Um, we the ECW Japan that you know TNA the beginning days that's what really called to us more of that fast style than in Puerto Rico because when we were there they were, they were going crazy they were like stop that stop that stop that stop 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 <laughs> you know and we were like bling, 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 bling. like pinballs that's the style <laughs> that's the style that we wanted to to do and we wasn't you know letting anybody tell us when not we were just doing what we wanted to do uh, what we felt was entertaining at the time. For fans, you know, fast forward, fast forward. I ended up going to WWC with Will when Jose stepped out, and we they put the belts on us twice. The tag team titles over there in W in Carlos Colon's yeah. against Nietzsche and Lynx, yeah, which is their, their that's their tag team that that is similar to our style. They they're high flyers, they're they're spotty as hell, and they're really entertaining. And for some reason, they. They said they said to slow it down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that 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 style over there is is amazing. What? If you if that's what calls for you, you know, I could see FTR making hell of freaking killing over there. Be, besides the fact that they're like grounded, they they'll change the game in that in that way. You know, you see how they wrestle. They like they don't have Absolutely. to do spotty. They don't have to do spotty stuff so the match could look awesome. Even though you know me and me Dax and Jose have been going worse lately on Twitter. Uh, and that's another team that knows the deal. Well, anyways, um, those guys could be. They, def- they definitely got the best yeah. of SAT Volume 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fun. Come on, baby. You know, that Uncle Dax, yeah. if you're listening, you know you got the Volume 1, 2, and 3, bro. Come on. It's all good. Listen, when you come out with the best of Dax and or FTR or just the revolution, we're going to buy it. I'm going to buy them. I'm going to keep them on show. I, I, I am a fan of FTR. Nah, they're good. Uh-huh. They're freaking fantastic. Over, they, they, they're good. They're one of our one they're of our They're good, tag teams but they're, they're not. They're not maximal good. But nobody's good. maximal good. <laughs> Just cheap imitations. Come on, what are we talking about here? Nah. So, gosh, you guys are a trip. This is. I don't know if I've laughed this hard in a wrestling interview. It's so okay. So you're in. You're in the broken down church all right so <laughs> you're you're with mikey what is honest to goodness your honest opinion of, of what he was like because it seems like and i know mikey so i can bust his balls um did he seem kind of like antisocial when it was like when you met him out in the car like what what are you doing following me but then no did he seem how did he come across that very first time 
scared. Which yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> Puerto Rican chasing him? We like, Whoa! Red had a do, red had a do rag on. <laughs> Yo, Mike, red had a do rag on. My brother's wearing a cap and a hoodie. We wearing big coats. We we from Bushwick, Brooklyn at the time. You know, <laughs> he's like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he probably thought he was gonna get Yeah, a few what the hell moments. <laughs> but it, it, Mikey was a big shower, but he's he, he's a soft. Mikey's the toughest. He's the he's toughest. A love, he's a loving, caring human being. Mikey Whitbreak is the man. I love Mikey Whitbreak. I'm forever <laughs> grateful to everything he did for us, for everything yep. he did for us, because he's he's the man, no matter all what. The, all the times he made you throw up. Almost we cry. slept over his house a few times in Long Island when he was in Long Island at the time before yep. shows. I mean, he did make us sleep on the floors and couches in the hotel rooms and leave the freaking windows open all night long in the winter. Yep. He's a polar yeah. bear, bro. Yes, he's, yes. he's a freaking polar bear. You know, Mike, he's crazy. I'm like, yes. you're putting the AC <laughs> on, it's 13 degrees outside. We're all the way up in state New York somewhere or, or Boston. I'm like, it's freezing down here. We're Puerto Rican. We got frail bones. You know, we're island people. <laughs> that, that's why Jerry Lynn would not room with him after a while. He's like, Jesus, yeah. Pete, come on, close the close the window. Yeah. yeah. It's wow. As you see, he does that. Yeah. You give it to Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn is the, the now that's that's a gentleman, man. He's sick. There's, Mikey's there's, sick. Oh, Mikey, yeah. <laughs> In a good way. I love him. I think there's, we bought yeah. Mikey his first PlayStation, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, he he games a lot. He, uh, gosh, he plays this thing called PUBG uh, all the time on Twitch. Yeah. So he's uh, he's he's got into gaming big time. So, but no, he he is gen genuinely one of the nicest human beings I got to know. I mean, he'll bust your balls like when oh, you yeah, first huh? got to it know each ends. other. Woo, he's the I he's mean. he's the godfather of the Northeast. Like every star from out here is his. From, Would you uh, from, from the SAT to um, uh, Matt Cardona, you, uh, Kurt Hawkins, you name them, they might right. be trained them. Uh, uh, Silver agree? and, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Would you agree it's a travesty that he's not with a major promotion being a coach or pretty, whatever they it's, it's refer to him? It's disgusting. Yeah. It's and disgusting. It's some, and it, Look what he produced. Look what he produced. Like, all right. You know, they, they're doing a whole bunch of Hall of Fames everywhere, and it's freaking, it's good. It's whole, look what he produced, bro. Like, his guys, his guys, the guys he trained changed the whole game. I don't care what they say. Like, I'm not just using it. I'm not just trying to, like, I don't care. We're the most humble people in the world. It's awesome to see. I love inspiring people. We're the most copy tag team in the planet, I believe, right now. This is facts. I see our I'll see our shit on TV every single day. Every promotion, every independent show. We were at a at a Hall of Fame at the GCW show. Fantastic. We weren't in it. I don't give a shit about that. That you know that doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't move rocks. The next day we were at the show because we were there to record a skit with the Briscoe brothers. They did nine Spanish flies in a single show. Like, this is what I'm saying. The influence that yep. that that this, but this is all because of Mikey. I feel like Matt Cardona came out. And he did, he's doing big things. This is the influence. Mikey, Mikey trained the not just in the ring, mentally had how to approach things a different way in the ring, how to be different, always be, he's the man. He's I don't all, he, understand how he's not in every Hall of Fame in WWE, ECW. He should be on everything, bro. He should be. But I agree with Mike. I think, I think, I think Mikey Ali should be a coach. He should, yeah. he, look, look at the list of guys you're talking about. Trent Beretta, um, uh, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. Uh, um, niece. niece. Tony Niece. 
Every like, single one of us, all 13 SAT members. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about all of us, you know, this guy. And everybody who I mentioned could work. They could wrestle. They're great. They have changed the game in some way, somehow, you know, and um, it's all because of Mikey Woodbrack. Yeah. Mikey had said numerous occasions on conversations that ECW was one of those places where they changed a lot because they brought in a lot of different cultures with wrestling and they made the show appealing to so many different sectors of the audience. And it had that authentic feel. It wasn't this overproduced thing where it was very believable. Um, all of the the wrestlers were believable people that you could attach yourself to. And, and he said, he always told me, he said, that's what it's about. He said, it's about being authentic and unique and having that connection to the audience and everything you do has to mean something. And um <laughs> It's it's one of those things where yeah. I'll never be you guys. I, I don't have an athletic bone in my body. In fact, I uh, with my BMI, I don't know if I have a bone to begin with. But uh, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, I'm Earthquake's illegitimate kid. Let's just be honest with you. Yeah. My <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's just so cool to see people like that. And when I talk Hell to yeah. him now, I just wish the best for him because he deserves he deserves so much more. That's I awesome. agree. Absolutely, I agree. It's crazy, man. I mean, I don't, I don't understand it either. Like, I mean, we we talk about it all the time. We're like, well, why is it? Even when ECW first did the sh the change, when when Paul Heyman went right over to uh, WWE, and how do you not call Mikey and, and and be a coach? You don't want to use him on TV. You don't want to use whatever. He's too short, too whatever it is, too small at the time. Okay, this guy's brain, his mind mm -hmm. for the game is is out of this world. To this day, it's still crazy. Like, he just tells the story in every single one of his matches. He's one of the best in the world. I say it all the time. He's the GOAT in his own way. Because there's there's no touching him. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way you produce this much talent out of one guy. It's crazy. That is true, man. It's not like it's not like we're just saying it. You know, you see it out there. You see his his students. His Honestly, his students are the top, top in top of the game right now. And I, I mean, like, Matt Cardona, one of them right now. It was funny. It was at a GCW event. I remember um, we talked to Matt, Mikey and I and Jerry. We had an interview with Matt. And this was a while back. And he said, I wanted to wear my Mikey-inspired gear in WWE. And I think he said he was going to wear when he won the Intercontinental title. There was one of those things. And I guess it just didn't come together. But he ended up wearing it when he was uh, recently the GCW. I want to say it was in Hammerstein. Yeah, yeah we were there. Yeah. We were yeah. there. Oh man! And I, I saw tell you him. what, man. I noticed. I noticed. Oh. I was like, "Holy shit! It looks like Mikey's tights, the knee pads, yes. the, the white tights, the blue knee pads at the shins." I was like, "Holy shit! He has the dragon and the tights." Yeah, man. And and the cactus jack vest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you it in there. Fantastic. Yeah, man. Um. Yeah, Mikey was. He's also a storyteller, and he's a beautiful storyteller. Um. Yeah. The stories with him and Mick in hotel rooms. Mikey gigged himself with a Dorito chip one night. I don't know if he ever told you that story, um, but he's just, he's crazy. He's lovable. He's so many different things to so many different people. But let me ask you this. What was the training regiment like? Uh, so you guys are working with him. Did he, did he push you to the limit? I mean, I heard there was throwing up going on. So tell me, what was it like in the beginning under Mikey's regime? What was that okay. like? So in the beginning, every training session, we had to change out the garbage bags from the garbage cans that he had surrounded around the ring. Four cans around every turnbuckle. We're throwing up. There's no... The cardio was freaking insane. 
Yeah. It was in you, we didn't we weren't even allowed to touch the ring for the first three four months. Wow. Um, in the apron, when you're in the apron, you're not allowed to touch the ropes. You're in a lockup position. Stand there until you're ready to go into the ring and do what you're told. And that's how it was for a good <laughs> solid year before we could actually start to come in and to being ourselves. He he drilled fundamentals into our brain so much. Then when you're in there, all you're doing is fundamentals. All you're doing is basics. Basic, ba- now do what you do. Now throw your flair, throw your style. He 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 gave us a he gave us a a, a little um study booklet that he made up. Yeah, of, of all of t- the moves. Uh, and me, my brother, and Red to this day knock ourselves in that in the head because I guess we lost it through time. But I wish I had that copy. And Red Red told me that not so long ago, like last year, he was like, "Bro, I I wish I had that copy. I would I would have had all my students wrestling like us. What Mikey what Mikey put together is unbelievable. And we had to go by the book. And if we didn't have the book, if you show up without the book, you can't train. You sit there and watch everybody train for three hours, and you sit in one corner like. And well, you're that. not sitting. You're actually doing step ups for the whole. Oh, step training. ups. Yeah, step ups. Step the ups. The whole yeah. training session. Like me. I'm he got in trouble. King. Him and Red got in trouble a lot because they talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so Mikey will have him doing step ups until they cry. And then he had Joel do one session. I don't know why him and Joel. I think him and Red broke a table. Red decided to go up on the top of the rope and say EC dub, EC dub, and throw himself <laughs> through a table in practice. Mikey said, All right, you and Joel. Joel laughs. Ah, oh, you want to laugh? It's funny. Step ups with t- with chairs on their arms. And if they drop the chair, you get a chair added. So they yeah. were there for like torturous two, three hours. Him and Wayne too, right? Wayne no, it wasn't. It was, it was like forty-five minutes, but <laughs> but, but it, t- it turned like into like two hours because I was dying, and he and he kept whisk. He kept coming over and whispering, "If you drop the chair, you're out of here." And I was like, "I don't want to. I don't want to be thrown out." <laughs> and yeah, bro, I cried, bro. I couldn't walk for like four days. I didn't even want to go back to practice. Those times that we parked in front of the um, the of the house on hardcore, and, and go we'll, we'll look in to see we'll who's contemplate. there. Should we go in? Roll kill. Should we just turn around now? Yeah. Lose the day? <laughs> would we get? Would we get in trouble? Would it be worse next week? Wow. Who's yeah. in there? It might be Chris Chetty to beat us up today. It might be Roadkill. Taz yeah. might have passed by. Who knows? That's that's the thing. You never know who you're gonna get beat up by. We used to love seeing Tommy Dreamer. Because Dreamer Tommy was Dreamer, great. Dreamer only had like shorts for us. So every time we saw him, he'd be like, oh, go empty out the truck, get that ring out of there, put the other ring into the truck. We'd rather do that than the beatings that we used to take in those gyms. If they were to teach this today, Mike, like that. Mike, you'll get canceled. Don't, don't, don't be, don't be <laughs> Yo, Mikey was an animal, man. Yeah, but, but you know but, what? But he made us tough, man. He made us tough. That's at else. the time, no one could keep up with us. I'm telling you, we will freaking go and go and go and go and go and go and go. When we went to it's Japan, crazy. yeah. When we went to Japan, Mike, the first time we went to Japan was for Zero One Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. We knew that they hit hard over there because we've been watching the taste and we started meeting wrestlers that. Came from there like Steve Carino, low key, and they were like, they really lay, they they're gonna hit you hard. But but since we trained with Mikey the way we trained, we were, we were ready. They were telling us to slow down in Japan. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> yeah, we were ready, man. We went in there wild, wild, man, and and eager to learn and eager to show. It was crazy. 
just, wrestling is the best thing in the world. <laughs> so, I love wrestling. So to, to fast forward, so you, you get through all of this, right? And, and once again, by the time you get to Japan, you, you've had the tar beat out of you so bad. Um, <laughs> it's almost like, are you serious? Like, come on now, give me, give me a little more. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was awesome. So you, you get ready. Your very first show after training, what was the nerves like for something like that? Um, how did Mikey tell you, or maybe maybe the, the better question would be, did you feel like when it came to your first match, I'm I'm ready right now, or did you still have those doubts like, oh my gosh, this is this is my first time out here. Am I really ready? No, we we never felt ready like that. We always wanted to. We always asked him for advice to see. Every time we came to the back, he he, you know, Sorry. Mikey. Yeah, Mikey. Mikey. <laughs> when Mikey likes something, just to bust that balls. So when, when when Mikey likes what? something that we that we did, he 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 won't tell us directly. He'll be like, eh. yes. <laughs> you know? I've he heard that. Like, eh. But yeah, but 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 he really liked it, you know, because I've seen them tell people that the, the match is the shits, like, and I have seen how he reacts to it, and um, yeah, yeah he busted. Yeah, we, no, but but we weren't we weren't feeling ready, you know, not ready like that. I think when when I really felt ready, ready is when we wrestle. At MLW at the Grand Ballroom in Miami, when we wrestled Dick Togo, Hidaka, and Christopher Daniels, it was yes. me, Jose, and Quiet Storm. After that match, I felt like, damn, we those guys weren't even speaking English. We we went through that. That was before Japan, and that was cool. Let me ask you, how, what's it like when you're starting to wrestle and you start to try to build up a repertoire? Okay, this is what we're gonna do. This is what we do. Is it a while before you kind of establish how your matches work, or do you decide? I don't necessarily. I'm not, you know, etched in stone like this. I like to kind of play off of who we're gonna be working with that night, or do they work to your style, or is it a hybrid of both? So, how would you guys determine how the match was gonna go? Well, usually we. This is the facts, Mike. I show up, and. Joel usually comes up with mostly everything. <laughs> so even 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 me, I show up. Yeah, me and uh me and the Briscoes, we it was always me and Mark. We just did the crazy shit or whatever they wanted us to do. So Mark comes up to me, he's like, oh, what's up, man? What do you want to do? I was like, Well, talk to Joel. What do you want to do? Talk to Jay. All right. <laughs> That's how it goes. That's it. That's but now, goes. you know, but usually we like to adapt. Yeah. yeah, we like to adapt I'll, to whoever we're wrestling. So, I mean, our main goal, Mike, legit, and everyone can tell you, we want to make them look good. Whoever it is that we're wrestling, we want to make you guys look like freaking monsters if you're big guys. We, we want to make you look like the best high flyers if you're smaller guys. That's just the way we were. We've always been that way. We get our stuff off, yeah, but it's nothing to, to just... Yeah, we just wanted to have great matches. We didn't care about anything else. Nothing else mattered. Just have a great match. It was like and that was always the, the mentality. Yeah, it well, is. That, a gift that, that, yeah, it was a gift and a curse because at one point, from like 2002 to 2005, and when we were like in the peak of Ring of Honor, um, everywhere we went, it was like SAT. It was insane. So all every promoter in all reality knew that they were putting us against guys who needed help to boost them, or like, you know, or like guys on our level. Where, but it didn't matter because we, we were so over at one point that that's all they care about. They were like, oh, we don't need to put belts on you guys. You guys are over. You don't need to win this match because you're yeah. over. You know, so people don't talk about guys who were over. People talk about champions. And, you know, that's why it gets laid out at the end of the day is the history of who held titles and blah, 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 you know. 
So this time around, we're a little smarter, and uh, we want belts. So <laughs> we we going hard this time. You know, it's, it's my last <laughs> run, and uh, I feel better than ever. I, um, and, and I'm just ready, man. I'm 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 very excited about everything that's happening right now. You you made a great point here. You said you know you always want to go out and make your opponent look as best as they can. You know why? You make them look good. Uh, it, it's a great match. It means people yeah. come back. It means people buy tickets. It means more money for us to be on the card because they want to see it. It is. It's it's a process, right? Yes. Yeah. And I remember. I don't know who said this. I think it might have been Kurt Henning said this at one time. He said, "You're only as good as your opponent makes you look." 100%. And he was like, man, that's, he goes, that's the truth. He says, you can make somebody look great, but it is an, is a fine art to make someone else look great as well. So man, yeah. there, it's, it's like, there's so many of these layers in wrestling that I don't think people truly fans understand that. I have no but idea. Like, when you're out there doing it and you put on a masterpiece, I think at the end of the day, not to say it's not important, but whether someone won or lost it was a it was an amazing story. You know what I mean? Yes. It, it's almost who won is an afterthought. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know what? We'll get you guys on the next time. And it's just like, but and that's that what fans awesome. want. Yeah, hundred percent. And that was the mentality. I mean, like, we just had the match. We had two matches already with Briscoe. I'm sure we'll have another hundred. But <laughs> the, the first one we had for the first time in GCW was like a month ago, right? Give or take. And in my opinion. Instant classic. It was amazing. Everything went well as as planned. Everything went well. Everything was solid. Every 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 spot highlighted something, and and it, we told the story. We did the whole shebang, and it's probably one of the best matches we had coming off of ten years. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. I mean, we haven't wrestled them in eight years, and we've wrestled them more than any tag team in in alive right now. We've wrestled the Briscoe brothers more than any other tag team ever. Yeah, what they were talking about. We had like twenty something matches. That's a lot. Fifty something. <laughs> Fuck shit. I was talking to Mark. You like we had yeah. about fifty something that we that we actually looked up. Him and Jay, and and, and about fifty something ma- and matches we can't even remember. It's it's insane. Yeah. It's because we were coming up together, and then we 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 um we built a, a friendship right away as soon as we met them in CCW. It was our first show in CCW. They were like brand new also, so we kind of clicked. You know, they were brothers. They were similar ages. They killed chickens. We we're like, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> Yo. And then we, we became like boys. We became boys, man. And uh and that's another 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 tag team where we don't really have to put a lot of thought of what's gonna happen. I know that we're gonna go in there. I know they're gonna hit us hard. And I know I know they're gonna take it back and it's gonna be great. <laughs> you know? It's it's interesting you mentioned that because not everyone has that that I don't even know what you call it synergy or just this this unknown language that's spoken or unspoken language where they just get in there and they just get it. They look at each other and they know just by you know paying attention to certain things. Okay, this is going to happen. This, this, it's, this. It's crazy. Trust, I mean, uh, you 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 mentioned something funny. So Joel has his student Dino Mike. He's coming up. He's starting to do things, whatever. And he he shows up. He's at these events and he's in the locker room. And he's sitting down during us and Briscoe's just going over things. And then we're all just like, yeah, yeah, not really saying much, just knowing what, what it is. Remember the thing? That, yeah, we'll do that. And, and then we all walk away. And then Dino comes to me. He goes, 
what was that? I was like, what? You guys didn't even call anything. I was like, no, we don't have to. And he was like, <laughs> I don't understand. It. I'm like, no, we got it. We got this. <laughs> we already got the foundation. We will come back and maybe add whatever. And he was like, are you kidding me? You didn't even call a match. <laughs> He's confused. <laughs> I'm like, you have no idea, bro. Like, seriously, you have. Stick around. You'll see. And then it's just every week that he did it for the Hardy Boy show. We were at the show and we went and sat with the Briscoes again. We were freaking talking shit. The, Mark leaves the room. Jay comes back and, and I leave the room. And then we're just like, yeah, no, no, no. A whole different match. And, and he's there. He's like, you did it again. You said nothing. You said nothing. I'm like, yeah, that's just the way it is. It's just, that's those guys. That's the no-brainers. Like, yeah, well, whatever. And that's it. And it's, it's pretty impressive that, that we still could do that. It, with it, it's, so it's, not e it's not easy. I got another boy in my son, Tanner. He's always saying, he watches wrestling. He's like, it's not easy. It's not I'm like it's not. You know, our first show back it was um for ETU, expect the unexpected wrestling, and they um they put us against um the main event. You ever seen them? It's a lion and right. his team. Amazing event students, yeah. Yeah, so they're really cool. They do a yeah. lot of cool stuff. So it's our it's our first show back together. So you know, and we I'm in the process of dropping weight. I'm in the process of just working out and doing my thing, right? But um. Those lights, those those big lights, right next to the turnbuckles. And as soon as I came out, I came out hype. As soon as I got up top, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I didn't even lock up yet. I couldn't breathe. <laughs> there was no so, so this is this is my thought. This is me. And Mikey knows that this is me. And my brothers know I'm like, I'm gonna go to the back. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just not gonna wrestle today. <laughs> I can't breathe. Then my, my other side's telling me, "Yeah, you stop being a pussy and wrestle, right?" <laughs> I'm like, "All right, cool." And then I'm looking at my younger brother Will, and I'm like, "All right, we're gonna start cheating right now. I'm gonna tell him to come up and finish the match just before lockup." <laughs> so from there to now, we are we like Briscoe said, we are ten. We we are eleven. From there to now, we've been training. Well, I've been training all the time. It's over, right? yeah. Like the, and, we had two matches. We wrestled yeah, Briscoes that's and, it. and the Hardys. So I, I get, I needed to get that rust off. You know, I just wanted to be real to you about it. How it felt like? No, it was it real. Was hell, at one point it felt so like hell. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know the whole. I swear to everything. Uh, and those my, kids were like, I, I look, went into the match and they're calling all these things. You know, they, they're younger. They're freaking. We know what it's like. I'm like, uh huh, uh huh. All right, good. You guys got that? I was like. I told you I have no idea what they just said. Yeah. I don't know anything. Just talk to me out there because I have no clue. Just go. When I'm in the match, Joel's like coaching me through this whole match. He's like, oh, the, the, this is what I'm going to do. I'm like, all right, good, good, good. You got it? No. No. I don't have anything. As Nothing. soon as we're in, the, we're in the ring, everything comes in. It clicks. Right. And I'm telling Joel, Joel. And I'm like, nope. No, nope, I'm not going in. Wilson, go no, in. No. He said he Wilson in. I'm like. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not good, but it's Bro, good to. It is, I love it when it's fun that way. The, the reason, just, the reason I, I brought that up is because it's not easy. It's not easy to do what no, we do. Not at it's all. not. It's not like you could train and you could get good and you could do whatever. There's a lot of young cats that I see now that that ten years from now they're gonna be like in top of the world. But I still I watch them in the ring and I see what we used to do, plus what they think is right to do. And it's like, no wonder Jim Cornette is always pissed off. This It looks bad. It looks bad. You could go up there and do like 25 flips, but then you can't even do a wrist lock properly, you know? And that's what a lot of people don't get. Mikey taught us how to wrestle before we even started flying. We know how to wrestle. 
we know how to put A to Z. Easy, you know? Tell them, right. Joel. Yeah, I so. Bro, we wrestled a, a lot of times, Mike, we went to wrestling shows. And he cut off. He was about to get good, Mike. Oh, man. Well, gosh, let's see. Yeah, here. he'll lock back in. But he was about to say, we'll go to wrestling shows and shoot before the matches, before the shows, before his doors open. We'll roll oh, wow. around and tap each other out. It was insane. We used to go at it with Loki. We used to go at it with whoever was wrestling at the time. We used to love that shit. When we went to Zero One, they had a whole bunch of fighters from Pride at the time, Pride fighting. So they had Dan Bobish, uh, Don Fry, Kevin Randleman, who was heavyweight champion at the time. Yes. I'll roll with them and go. Get, uh, I, I, obviously, they'll wash me at, at the end, but we'll go and go and go. Let's roll. We're not scared to wrestle. We know how to wrestle. We can wrestle. High school wrestling. We did it all. So we don't just fly and people realize, like, you know, it. it we can do it. We just chose never to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing. We can do it. We just never chose to do it. It's weird. Who would you say? Who would you say you guys end up striking up a good friendship with? I mean, oh, good man. friends in pro wrestling are few and far between from everything that we've heard. But truly good friends. Is there anybody that you guys you know really stay in contact with? on a friendship basis, whether it's talking about your kids or your family or whatnot, is there any relationships that kind of transcend what happens in the ring? Yes. Briscoe's a two of them. They're, those are our brothers. Like, like we slept each other. Hear me up. Yeah. Somebody lost the internet signal. You know, Briscoe's were one of them. Cause I mean, we spent so much time together. We slept over each other's houses. They know my parents. I know his parents. They know all my siblings. Uh, hold on. I'm sorry. Does he have his? You're fine. Does he have his link to come on back in? Yeah, he's coming back in. He said, "Give him a few seconds." There we go. Oh, he's let's coming see. in, right? Yeah. Let's see what we got here. Uh, well, I kind of see him coming in, but I can't click on him. It says his device is not connected. Yeah, he's gonna try to get right back in. He says, "Sorry, that'll I, work." I, um. So, yeah, it was the Briscoes. I mean, like, legit, we used to spend weeks with them. We're wrestling in Maryland or ECWA at the time. That was in Delaware. And we'll be like, hey, man, we we got Maryland Championship Wrestling. We're on the same show. They were like, man, why don't you guys just go to the show, come to the house, stay with us, and then stay the week and then do the other weekend and do uh, ECWA, and then maybe you drive back down. Hell, yeah. That's what we did. And we grew. We struck a friendship for life. It's a lifetime thing, man. It's a lifetime thing. I love those boys, man. Those are those are our boys. Those are the guys. Them and Brian and Red. Brian Excel, Red, obviously. They're family. That's different. That's like forever, you know, no matter what. <laughs> Wait, was there a moment when you feel like, because we've, we've talked to wrestlers before, and, and some people say, yes, this this does happen. Some people say, man, I don't know if it really, there was one moment. But was for you, was there one moment where you felt like, man, everything is clicking? Like, I'm at that point where like everything is where I want it to be. I feel like I've gotten to understand everything. How soon did that come in your career where you actually were like, mm-hmm. it's just that moment, if that makes sense. Like I'm a school yeah. teacher and I remember the moment, the spot I was at teaching where it was like, man, everything just kind of happened at once. And I was like, this is it. Like, I feel like I'm hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, no, I, I think it was after TNA. 
I think after we left TNA and I experienced it, had a lot to do with it, you know, being being on television, being on the pay-per-views and timelines, and we weren't used to it. So indie, indie wrestling is go whatever you can. <laughs> There's no real Yo. timeline. What's up, bro? Indie wrestling is like, okay, guys, you got 10 minutes. You could go 20 if you feel like it, you know, but in TNA, <laughs> it structured us to actually start learning and, hey, you got six minutes. As soon as we walk through the curtain, Mike, I swear to everything. It was... uh. Joel BJ Whitmer and Matt Striker. And BJ Whitmer and Matt Striker in the ring. Unibrow, Unibrow, Matt Striker. Our music hits, and we roll in, and the referee says, take it home now. Yep. We literally drop kicked BJ Whitmer or Matt Striker, whoever it was. Matt Striker. Put whoever it was on the top rope, Spanish flyed them, one, two, three, rolled out of the ring, went to the back, and they were like, they were running out of time. And, and it, you know, it's just... We learned, and I mean, after that, we did a few tours in Japan, and when we were doing Indies, it was just like, now we're starting to actually get, now, believe it or not, 20 years later is when I actually feel like I get it. We don't, we don't, we can still do the fancy shit, we can still do the flips and whatever, who else, it doesn't matter, bro. At the end of the day, is the story. When they show clips of matches, they show... Clips of matches. They're not going to show every single thing that we cared about, every single detail, the way we ran, the way we did a hundred little things and slides. And did, nobody gives a shit. They yeah. care about the story. What did you tell them? What did the crowd feel like? And a lot of the times, all we wanted to do was get our spots off to make the crowd pop. But we ignored the crowd, the whole process of it. And that's yep. one of the biggest mistakes that, that we made when we were younger is that we're trying to get through these spots and trying to do all these things and trying to make them ho- go who are, but we're, we're abandoning the fact that they're there. We, yeah. didn't inter- we weren't entertaining them personally. We were just entertaining so they can pop. Oh, So it's almost like, yeah. how loud can we make them pop? How much can we make them pop? But we weren't entertaining them. We weren't addressing the fact that there's people sitting there watching you. It's crazy. Yeah. We get it now. Now we get it. At a grown like age, a big, it's like... Go ahead, like a big like a big time pro wrestling this past shows uh, you know we we uh, first match was us against Briscoes whoever wins goes against the Hardy Boys we took yeah. a heel turn right away the fans were like all over us we oh yeah out. We, we walked we in they were like, out to the fans. your baby face both yeah. baby face we were sorry to cut you off we walked through the curtain and boom guess we're not we played the game role. change yeah game change yep. match change instantly Briscoes walked out. Guess what? We're working heat on you. It's different now. It, it's just all, it all, but that's what I love about them. You don't have to, they know. This yeah. is what it so, is. You know, you know who's really good at that? And this is why I brought up on this last shows, because we we played heels. I had fun doing it. It was, it was fun. And yeah. I haven't had fun like that in a long time. And then when the reports came out, they said that they got a Dudley kind of feeling, the Dudley boys kind of feeling. The Dudley boys in ECW, when they used to come out, I didn't care about 3D and nothing. I just wanted to see them, what they were going to say, what they were going to do. The, they entertain. That's what it they It goes are. back to what Mike yeah. said, relating to someone, mm-hmm. authenticity. I used to believe yeah. Bubba Ray was evil. Like, this dude is crazy in real life. Forget the wrestling. Bubba Ray can kill someone. He made me believe that. He's a savage in the ring, and he's going to snap mm-hmm. this guy in half. He made me believe Yo, Mike, that. I'm going to send you... I'm gonna send Matt. Um, I'm gonna send you the match, the link to the match later, so you can see Absolutely. it. Absolutely, it, it's it's so yeah. funny you, you mentioned that because 
with the believability, so Jerry and Mikey would would be backstage in ECW, and they they've mentioned this to me before. They would be like, "Oh shit." And I'll be like, what? They're like, they're going to start a riot tonight. And it was just crazy because they had gotten so much nuclear heat on them for what they would say and do. Um, it was just, once again, when you have the it factor, you can't, that that's just who that person is. They have something with inside them that yeah. it just comes out. And I think that's awesome. Question I wanted to, to mention, kind of piggybacking on what you said before, when you talked about having matches and, you know, just doing it just to pop the crowd. And a lot of times I've learned this, that it's, it's taking the audience with you on the journey instead of just doing the show at them. If that makes 100%. sense. 100%. What do, you, what do you feel like is, do you feel like today when you look at, because you guys have been there, done that, been everywhere. You have had these amazing matches. Do you ever pull people aside and say, Hey, like what you're doing. However, you need to be more cognizant of X, Y, and Z. Do you guys do that as well? Or Absolutely. A situation where you want them, they need to come to you to ask, or are you willing to pull them aside? Now we've, we've pulled a couple of kids to the side already. And, and sometimes they'll access our honest opinion if we were watching and, and we'll let them know the same thing we're telling you, man. I mean, like we, we've, I mean, we're, we've done it. You know, and these kids have way more. I'm telling you, they're way more talented as far as flipping goals. They're doing, yes. you know, how it is. Sports, even NFL or basketball, they just step it up even more than the last guy. It's crazy. But I can see, again, it goes back to Mikey, what Mikey used to talk about. I can see what all these wrestlers, Eddie Guerrero, used to talk about. Like, you know, not slow. I, I tell them, don't slow it down. Be yourself, but make it make sense. Make it make sense. Like you just did a 450 and then the guy got up two seconds ago and super kicked you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, your 450 means shit. Like nothing. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, it's not about the 450 or if you did a 450 and then you went up and did another one, who cares? Right. But how is it going to make you, your opponent look? How is it going to make the crowd feel? How is it going to make the people feel? And I tell you, we had some of the easiest matches at, ET at uh, big time wrestling. And it was the loudest pops we've ever had in a long time, in years. It's crazy. The first night we were heels. The second night we came in and we were super baby. We were New York, <laughs> so it was Albany. different. We were Boston. They hated us. The second <laughs> night was New York. So we, they were like, are you guys going to be heel again? I'm like, nah, not New York. We knew. We know. We're from New York. They're not going to pop against us. They're gonna, they, we're going to be baby face. Sure enough, they were baby face. We were baby face off the back. And it was just, you know, acknowledging the fact that they're there to watch a show. When you're at a circus, the clown or or or, or the or, or the gymnast is not just doing shit, looking at himself. He's at the crowd, connecting with the people, connecting with the audience, and then doing the shit. And then not like, holy shit! And they're like, did you see that? Did you see that? You like that? They love that. They want to be a part of the show because they are a part of the show. They make the show without the crowd. Would come on? Let's be honest. During the pandemic. Great matches, but there's no freaking reaction. There's no crowd. You yeah. can tell. Even the wrestlers, though, doing their best, but it's just not the same. Do you feel like um, it, we've often heard the, the phrase, uh, they're going to get a receipt. Um, you Got guys are, are, are veterans here. Uh, give me a good receipt story. Uh, you don't have to name the people, <laughs> but uh, any moment where you're like, you son of a, okay, all right, here we go. Give me a, 
<laughs> I love you, Jimmy. Yeah, you got but Jimmy, Jimmy had it coming. Jimmy Yang. <laughs> so we come into TNA, right? The wars right. of we, 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 Jimmy Yang. We, we, we came into TNA, and um, the guys found out that we we're going to give us a contract. There's three indie guys from Brooklyn, New York, me, Jose, and Red. At, at the time, Red was like, what, 80 pounds with his dragon? <laughs> we were so and little and small. And, uh, here. He's still 80 pounds. So they, put us, they put us in a match against the uh, flying Elvises. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were calling stuff out, and Jimmy was slowing everything down for us because he was like, oh, man, I ain't doing that. Oh, no, you know, doing his thing. And um, when we got into the match, I noticed that he was hitting my brother really hard, like really hard. And, and you know what? It's wrestling. We're supposed to hit each other hard and everything. But when you go overboard, where I, I could it's see a my different brother heart. It's a different type of heart. <laughs> so we had to go in there and kind of put a little pressure on his neck and choke him a little bit too much. So he got in the sand to slow it down. That was my, my, but it happened back to back. He knocked me out senseless. I, bro, I woke up and I, I thought I was in Florida. I was in Tennessee. He threw us, he Sorry. hit me with a spin kick. Everything went white. And I, I was just speaking Spanish. I didn't even, I didn't even remember how to speak English. Just like now. <laughs> For real. He, he knocked me senseless. And he, um, got a, it, he got a lot of receipts. I gave him to Mikey though. <laughs> Mikey taught us some receipts. Uh, the back elbow, the back elbow, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the back elbow. The guys working heat on me, you, you hit me hard. I was like, hey, Jimmy, do me a favor, whip me off, give me the back elbow. I'm coming back, boom, right in the kidney. Oh, <laughs> oh my yeah. god, <laughs> yeah. slow it down, buddy. Yeah, calm down. Whoever bro. it was, not just Jimmy, it's just everybody else. How about the kid that you kicked and got knocked out in uh, at the arena, ECW arena? What? I'm red good, I don't want to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm red no, good. No. So no, we, no, yeah. we we go to the back and we we're at, at 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 this new uh promotion that we were just starting working, and and we're we're going over stuff and we're, at the time we were starting to get a little a little heat behind us. People were starting to know who we were, and and red red is red is the goat. Red is the man, and the kid goes up to us and he knows that's our cousin. It's, it's our family. So we we talking out the match and I'm like oh who's like blah blah blah. I don't know why he said this or how what made him say it. And we were talking like can you do can uh can you do like a, a certain flip or whatever we wanted to call it? He was like, yeah, I could do that. I'm good. I'm red good. Like, like better than red. And then he walks away. And he walked like, away. Oh, what was that? I thought he was joking. Cause you know, he wasn't. boys, we always bust balls. It's an right? actual occurrence in wrestling. You get your butt. Like, He's gotta be joking. All right. So then we come back and then he comes back. Like, you guys got it. He was like, I got the whole match. Do I need to repeat it to you guys? This is, he's talking to us. Like, Holy shit. And it's not about egos. It's that we're men. Well, we were kids, but we were like, you know, come on, bro. Like, all right. Long story short, the kid got me in a submission, and Joel kicks him so hard, knocks and, the guy out. And then I the say, Are you red good? He's doing thumbs up in the middle of the ring. <laughs> I turned to Joel and said, Should I pin him? <laughs> yeah. Should I He's just pin him now? And he Joel was red like, good there. Don't pin him. Let him wake up out of it. And I'm looking at the guy, I'm like, I don't think he's coming out of it. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah, yeah he's a he's a boy. I know who we're talking about. Yeah, he's gone. Wow. But then, wow. for some reason, after you get a receipt, after I've received receipts, I hit somebody. I forgot who I hit hard, and he got me. He got me. I think it was I think it was Chris Chetty. <laughs> yeah, that was, I hit Chris he Chetty. hit hard. Bro. I hit Chris Chetty. He kicked the shit out of me, and I was like, yeah, I I apologize, sir. I I, I had that coming. It's all good. And then it becomes love. 
And then everybody loves <laughs> because love. Once you get beat up by a wrestler, like thanks, man. I need it. Yo, guy, I I have to bail out soon. I have to go put this kid to sleep. No, absolutely. I I don't want to take my... too much of your time, but man, you guys are amazing. I would love to go ahead of and set up a part two if that's something Please. you guys. Hell want. yeah, man! We love great. this. This is awesome. Hell yeah! Oh man, we love um, to talk wrestling, as you can tell. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love it, and you guys feed off each other. I mean, oh, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, Let me go Thank ahead and let's Mike. do this. Let's do some plugging here. Um, yeah. Merchandise, social media accounts. Where can people find you? Upcoming shows where they can get tickets. The floor is yours. Go ahead and plug away. Go ahead, Joel. I forget all the shows. I'm going to look for dates. I, I never put that thing. You see, it's every Joel Maximo on Instagram, Twitter, and, um, and Facebook is uh, DSAT. Yeah. So you can catch, catch us on that. Merchandise, we're working on that. Everybody's been asking us for merchandise. I know. People, people just... have been telling us different things. Go to uh, Pro Wrestling Tees or go this and that. Uh, we but you guys can you can DM us at our Instagram or Twitter and we can get merchandise out to you for now. And uh, We're getting the website up and running. We just really haven't even had time. I mean, we've been crazy busy. We're turning bookings down because we don't want to be booked every single week and three times a week. I no. want to kind of be home. Uh, we have March 12th. March 13th passed already. March 26th, NYWC, which is this Saturday. Uh, we'll be defending the NYWC Tag Team Titles. Yep. Uh, April 1st, ICW in the chains. It's been yeah, we're wrestling already. Tony DeVito and HC Log. Yeah, baby. I'm yes. excited for that the one. The college crew. Yeah, that's going to be fun. We bypassed the week after that. April 16th is ETU, New Jersey. Uh, I don't know if I can mention this one. Can I mention the second one? Yes, May first, GCW at the show. You could mention. You could mention on the April, the April show. It's on Rock and Roll Express versus us. Yes, April sixteenth is yeah, Rock yeah. and Roll Express against us. Okay. Wow. May, can I mention the May thirteenth and the June twenty third? Is that even announced yet? Not yet, right? That's that's not announced, but it's going to be televised. Yeah. Okay. Great, and that's a big one. Huge. Yeah. And uh, yeah, follow us at Real Jose Maximo. And Yo, Mike, we should Real talk Maximo. right after that because that, that's right up, right on your backyard, actually. Let's do it then. So after Let's we log off live, we'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, where we, so where you we, know. He, he, Mike will know. Mike is going to know. Mike will know. Us. And it's not up to us. <laughs> Listen, we're just going to tell Mike and see what happens after that. <laughs> Yo, it's been real though, Mike, for real. Hey, man. I have loved it. We you feel guys. like we've known you forever. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, bro. It's it, awesome. It, Sometimes things just flow. We just call it's it the like ring. It's like an instant marriage, right? It's like a, a thing. <laughs> yes, so he'll be he'll be the SAT um podcast member. Hey. I love it. I love it, <laughs> guys. Nothing but love for you guys. Please you stay too, healthy. Us Please too. stay safe. Yes, we've been healthy. That's important. Very yeah, important. FTR, FTR, yeah. come get us. Yeah, yeah, Uncle Dax. Yeah, yeah, come get it, FTR. Please come <laughs> give me that match so we can shit on you. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> hey, I, one last thing I'll say: with the Ring of Honor launching again, there's a lot of unique things happening here. Man, so, I know. I hope so. Yeah, never know where the door's gonna open and who's gonna walk through. That's why you guys need to follow them on social media, guys. Follow them right now. Follow them right now, so you can get all the information. All their dates coming up here. Buy merchandise. And the one thing I've always said before, you love wrestling, put a buck in their pocket. Buy their merchandise and cheer awesome. like hell for them because it's because of them that they continue to allow us to live vicarious through them and have a ton of fun. But also remember, man, these guys do this day in and day out. They put their bodies on the line. So show respect, show love, because you know what? It is so hard and it's so dangerous. Uh, we just learned, you know, obviously from Big E that injuries, freak things happen all the time. Take Same. care of the wrestlers because they take care of you. So once again, it's a symbiotic relationship. And uh, guys, once again, thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Expect the unexpected.
We'll talk to you soon. See ya. All right, perfect. Wow. So that is, wow, that's SAT. That is incredible. That, talking to them is way more fun than taking the actual SAT test. But what I will tell you is this. It's fun as a wrestling fan. And even though I do podcasts and, and do interviews and whatnot, it's fun to learn about people's journeys. And, and we talk about this on Future Stars now, but I think it's just as equally important on front row material when you talk to the seasoned veterans, you talk to where they've been, what they've done, the fact that they pull people aside and they talk to them. They don't have to. There's nothing in their contract that says, hey, you know what, I need to talk to A, B, and C who've just been in the business a couple of years, but they do. And I think it's that type of thing that keeps the wrestling business alive. I think that's what keeps the passion alive. You know, Mikey got it. Mikey passed it down with Red. Red passes it down. You know, it's it's paying it forward for something that you love. And I think SAT is a perfect example. Um, I loved so many different clips of what they said about the Briscoes and having a great match and slowing things down and knowing how to work heel or babyface or, you know, with TV time remaining, sometimes you got to change things on a fly. It's just the ability after so much time that you understand how to adapt as a professional. And I cannot emphasize that word enough, a professional, because it's how they are in and outside of the ring as well. But what I can say is this, please follow them on social media, hit them up, DM them, buy their merchandise. Um, and check out all of their upcoming appearances as well. Um, and if you are in their neck of the woods where they're going to be, go ahead and support them as well. All right, man, this is so much fun for me. I'm so lucky that I get to do this because you know what? I get to talk to people about wrestling and just hear what they have to say. And I'm a kid in a candy store. Not a real candy store because let's be honest, my BMI is a little high. Probably shouldn't be around the candy too much. But with that being said, no panel tonight. So there won't be any discussion on that. But you can definitely catch the Freeland Five each and every day here on the MLW Radio Network. You can hear me talk about the top five headlines that are trending all over the world of social media as it pertains to wrestling. All right. For ECW fan, Got News, Jersey Devil, everyone who is in our chat room, I cannot thank you enough. I am Dwayne from the Philippines. Thank you so much as well. It's been real. It's been real fun. We will catch you next week on Front Row Material. Have a great night. The world of-